Episode 326, Casper Craven. Create and navigate your own adventure. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, host of Awaken Your Alpha, the number one men's development podcast for inspirational stories and strategies to thrive as a man. As a coach, keynote speaker, and best-selling author, it has been my mission going on four years on the podcast to bring you the best, the very best, the struggles, the action, and to share the real journey with you. Please subscribe to support the show through ayalpha.com and join the conversation in the Facebook group, Awaken Your Alpha with ALW. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. Hey, hot off the press, I have to, before this interview kicks in, I have to update you. Awaken Your Alpha, Tales and Tactics to Thrive is available for pre-order across the world, basically. Amazon, UK, Amazon.com. Go and find it. Go and you can get it. be all the show notes from now going forward. And I'm just super excited because I just got the first physical copy test copies in my hand to get involved. The best support you can do right now is go across to Amazon. Awaken your alpha towels and tactics to thrive and pre-order your copy. There will be lots of, there'll be bonuses coming for those who pre-order before the launch date and you will actually get that arrive on your doorstep October 3rd, 2018. Now let's get into the show. Assistgram.us, all your personal Instagram growth, branding and management needs. Okay, we have an adventurous one for you today. We have Casper Craven on the line. He's an adventurer, entrepreneur, keynote speaker. The one thing at note that sort of stood out for me is he sailed around the world in the world's toughest yacht race, but I think then he made his own version of the world's toughest yacht race when he then sailed around the world again with his family, um, three young children and his wife. So we've got so much we can dig into. It's going to be an exciting one today. But firstly, Casper, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? Absolutely. Let's do this. I'm, it's rock and roll. Awesome. So that was quite a brief intro I did about you. Tell us what you're all about at the moment, because I'm sure there's more to you. And, you know, sailing around the world is tough. It sounds nice if that's, you know, that's all you do. But I know you get up to some other things. So is there anything else you'd like to elaborate on? Yeah, definitely. Look, my mission right now is to um, inspire millions of people every year to grab hold of life to put family first, say what's really important to me and my family, and then to build um, your life around that. So build businesses or build your career in a way that supports that, working as a team, both in your family and in your workplace. And uh, you know, I think that so many of us sort of uh, drift through life on a pattern which other people have defined for us, um, but everything changed for us when we put family first, so what do we really want to go and do with our kids. And so my mission now is uh, inspiring and helping millions of people to go and do that and uh, doing that through a mission called The Brave You. So it's all about, so the, my first book is called Where the Magic Happens. Mm -hmm. Where the magic happens where you step outside your comfort zone and you need the brave you to go and step outside that. And there's lots of things that you can do. There's a whole Brave You formula about how you can go and have an extraordinary business and extraordinary life. So that's, that's what we're all about now, is teaching people what worked for us to, you know, step off the, uh, the normal, normal rails of doing things and, um, you know, challenge how everything was done. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm just, just excited to dive in. If, seriously, if you listened to this and that didn't whet your appetite or you didn't think much of that, just turn off now because that is absolutely awesome. I love that. And I, I really related to sort of putting the family first and, and, you know, and building it all around there. And that's where I think 
everyone's lifestyle, if they approach it in that way, is very individual. It's perfect for someone, will be different for someone else. So it's, I think it's really important to not go for the you know, society's view of what is successful and what, what is a good life. I think, you know, because for some people sailing around the world, you know, they'd be seasick. That'd be like hell for them. But uh, for other people, that's like the dream scenario. I, I reckon that about 0.001% of people want to go and sail around the world. But, <laughs> so, you know, for, for us, our, our whole journey started when in our mid-30s and had a small business um, back then. We were turning over about half a million dollars, losing money and uh, working 16, 18 hours a day. Barely saw my wife, had kids with two and four back then. Lots of arguments and pressures with money. Mm. And we're asking ourselves the question, like, is this all there is to life? And from the outside, it probably looks okay. You know, you're running your own yep. business. You've got, you know, got a wife, you've got kids. It looks amazing from the outside. But from the inside, it was like, you know what? This is just like deeply unsatisfying. And I was comparing, you know, when you're in your early 20s and you bounce out of bed and like, there's, there's nothing you can't do. You're invincible. You can take <laughs> all the work. You get yeah. It's just like it's just like it's just limitless. By the time I was in my mid thirties, I was just feeling ground down with yeah. like not having figured stuff out around uh, business, around money, around relationship, around kids, and it was just like you know what, there's the need, we need to do something different. And so we were kind of ready in our mid thirties to like to for something to drop into our worlds, and uh, that's what happened with us. That someone told us about this family sale around the world. That was the thing that whetted our appetite. And um, then, you know, we came up with this idea to go and do it. And everybody told us we were absolutely crazy. And <laughs> there was some legitimacy to that because yeah. we didn't have the money. We didn't have a boat. My wife couldn't sail. She got seasick every time she'd been on a boat. Oh, I want to talk to you about this because <laughs> I, I have always been very keen to sail all around the Great Lakes. I think that'd start us off first. You can, that's, that's big enough. Yeah. But my wife gets seasick, so she's got that. So I'd be interested how you overcome that because I... I'm really keen on that idea. I, I love the, the, the sense of having that, that, that vision that again, but more importantly, the shared vision with your family that really can pull you together. Um, Cause in my experience as well, the same thing when I've been sort of most driven and inspired and just like you said, almost limitless energy is when me and my wife decided we're going to travel around the world for one year as our honeymoon, as opposed to the stereotypical two week, you know, and spend probably the same amount in some resort, we backpack around the world and then the same move across to America with our family, uh, quit our jobs and get over here. So, and again, it's, it's, it's having that vision. So I'm I, in the process of talking to the wife about big ideas like this. And I'm thinking of a around the world trip with the family speaking at different places and kind of having that gap year with the kids while they're young. So I'm going to get my wife to listen to this one. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting, we just literally, uh, the last two days we've been running um, a workshop, it's called Thrive, and uh, here in, uh, in the UK, and the whole context is how do you build a business that can run without you, so that you can go and have amazing family life-changing experiences without screwing up your relationships. <laughs> so that's the whole context for it, so we just work with an amazing group of entrepreneurs, and they've all left with really clear plans of how they're going to create a story together of what they're going to do, why it's important, what does our vision look like, creating their family values, and um, you know, really solid plans about how they're going to grow these businesses that can, that can run without them. So. You talked about, I usually ask the origins, but you kind of filled in the, sort of the background and what, what led you to this point. But for those who are listening as well, where are you talking to us from today? And where are you originally from? Don't want to assume anything. Um, can you just fill in the blanks? Okay, so basically, so originally from the southwest of England. Um, and um, yeah, sort of 
through my early career, worked my way up to, to London, ended up sort of working around there for a number of years. Now, um, we split our time between London and uh, San Francisco. So we've still got the boat that we sail around the world on. And um, yeah, we just come back from doing a six week expedition between um, San Francisco and Mexico. So kind of split my life between the US and UK. So Very nice. I love San Francisco. It's such a beautiful city. Um, so is that where the boat is based now? Is it? That's where the boat is based, exactly. Okay, yeah. awesome. So amongst all of this, it sounds like very situation what kind of awakened your alpha in your sort of mid-30s, but was there, um, you talked about kind of a set of circumstances, was there anyone who helped awaken your alpha, whether it was inspiration from afar or someone in your circle or a mentor that just said the right thing at the right time, or was it purely down to, you know, your breaking point? <laughs> Oh no, tons of people. <laughs> and um, yeah, that was one of the big things because, you know, beforehand I thought, you know, I've got to figure all this, out, this stuff out myself and try and figure out my head, which I realize now is probably the dumbest thing I could ever have done. <laughs> and uh, every time I've made a breakthrough, it's always been when I've been vulnerable and go and find other people who know more than I do, go and be humble and say, look, I'm stuck here. Can you help me? And um, every time I've done that, I've found the person to help me take me to the next level. So I remember when I was growing my business and um, I'd found some amazing um, business experts in the States and I was coming out there for conferences four times a year. So I started driving my business really, really hard. And I got to a point where everybody threatened to leave because I was driving the business so hard. And like I had initially, we had five years to get everything ready. Then I was now down to three years. I was pushing really hard at this point. Yeah. And literally, the thing that's going to provide you the money is on the point of like just breaking. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, my savior at that point was a lady called Margaret, Margaret Meyer. And she was the one who sort of taught me the whole thing about leadership. It's not about you, take your ego out of it, mm -hmm. find the people around you, find what they're brilliant at doing, build them up. And that's the role for me of the leader is to build people up around you rather than trying to build yourself up. So surround yourself by awesome people. And um, yeah, that principle has worked time and time again. So um, yeah, quite frequently I try and put myself in a room where I'm the dumbest person. I'm just surrounded by people way smarter than me. <laughs> I think you've almost touched on it a few times there, almost like where everyone's close to walking out, but catastrophe averted. But was there a time or a day or a specific moment when uh, you would class it as one of your most challenging times or biggest failures or however you want to call it, where it all hit the fan, that kind of perfect storm. Well, I think, yeah, that, I mean, we had several base, when we were sailing and, um, <laughs> and <laughs> we can talk about that. Yes. Um, but I think that one where the business was on the point of breaking and uh, that, that was probably the, the, the toughest one to deal with because that went right to my style of how do I lead and manage a team? How am I around other people? And that was the one that caused me to think about it. Is this your, your core business now or is this bef before you went to the sailing around the world or what, what business is this? So basically, so when, I, when we had the idea, I had one business. It was a data analytics consultancy. Mm -hmm. And we ended up building that and selling that for seven figures, actually, whilst we were sailing across the Pacific. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. puts a bit of wind, extra wind in yourselves. <laughs> it does. It does. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, distinct memories of like, having the negotiations while we're in the middle of the Pacific and um, in the three o'clock in the morning, I've got all the lawyers and the accountants on the line. And I remember looking up and there's one particular occasion where the sales started ripping. And it's like, guys, I know I'm paying you a shitload of money to be on this thing, but I've got to go. 
So, so that was one business. And then in the five year period building up, we also created two other million dollar businesses as well. So uh, yeah, we created- Well, tell us a little bit more about that. Cause again, it, it, now it's, it's very easy to skim over that. <laughs> there's definitely, there's definitely some, uh, not method to the madness. I was going to say, there's definitely, obviously, you know how to do that in a reasonably short amount of time. And there's, I'm sure there's yeah. key strategies and uh, principles you apply to each different business, even if they're completely different. So just tell us a little bit about um, that sort of thing. And, advice and the mistakes that you made that we could try and avoid so look so so we asked or I asked myself one question which is probably the most important question i've ever asked myself in a business context and that is how do i create a business that can run without me and by doing that what i've got to do is find brilliant people build them up get them doing what they are really great at doing because at some point i'm not going to be there Mm-hmm. And that was completely counter to how I thought I had to run a business. I had to have a title and a role and do all these things. And my ego was the thing that got in the way of that the whole time. So with my first business, the data analytics um, consultancy, that was, you know, the people who was there in the business actually, but I was just like trying to tell them how to do stuff. And uh, <laughs> once I realized they were actually pretty amazing at what they did and build them up, then they took control of it. They took their in the processes and the systems and how do we do stuff. So that was very much the heart of that. The other two businesses, one was um, um, in um, online marketing sector and we, we created one successful online marketing site and then we got that to um, yeah, be successful by being humble and finding what other people were doing. And then in a very short space of time, we scaled that up to 500 online marketing sites over I think a three or four month period. And again, it was just finding really good people who could do these things. I had the ideas, I knew where we wanted to go, but then just empowering other people to go and do that. So the final business was a property business, and that was um, you know, buying properties, um, splitting into flats. So yeah, less sophisticated, but... Um, I like the, the diversification though, sort of not putting all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> well, that was a key part of it as well, actually. Yeah, income streams from, from a number of different places. So there's, uh, there's, security, there's security in that. But the whole thing comes down to, you know, people, 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 people. Awesome. You touched on it there. When we talk about the sailing around the world, could you compare just in a broad sense, the, the toughest <laughs> sailing around the world yacht race to potentially the toughest with your family? What are the comparisons, similarities, differences? Talk to us about that. <laughs> yeah, the similarities. And which the was the toughest? <laughs> oh, the second one, way tougher, <laughs> way tougher. <laughs> so, so I'll tell you a story. So like, it's interesting. So, you know, with, um, if anyone here works with their, with their, their, uh, their partner, their husband, their wife, then they will get this similarity, right? So on the boat, we had two roles. There was the, the captain and the first mate relationship. And then there was the husband and wife relationship. And it's, so anyone who's ever been on a boat, when you come in or out of a harbour, it's always the most tense time because you've got crosswinds, you've got people watching, you've got really tight spaces to navigate. And um, so there's a little bit more tension in the air. And like there's some, something going on and suddenly something would have to happen quickly, you put a rope on someone like that. And I'd say to Nicola, my wife, can you do this please? And I'd speak really directly and firmly. And she said, don't speak to me like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, right We're going to crash. <laughs> Let's make relationship. We're not in the husband-wife relationship. Yeah. And so I had to respect that the, when we're having a husband-wife relationship, I didn't bring the captain to the first <laughs> There was no roles and responsibilities. 
and anyone who works with their partner will be familiar with that. That sometimes you're in work mode and sometimes you're <laughs> in being able to switch to. So that might well have been one of the single hardest things about the whole thing. Whereas when a crew is like, um, you know, predominantly 18 guys, then, you know, you just deal with stuff and get on with it, right? I mean, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> Amongst both, both trips, when was a, a time when it was very challenging? Because I know these, you've got to respect, I'm, well, you, you'd know it more than me, you've got to respect nature and the seas and can't be complacent. And it's not just, oh, I'm just going for a little, you know, sail around and have a little jolly. It's actually very dangerous and things can go wrong and lives can be lost. Was there ever a time when you were very concerned or it, I say that, that perfect storm kind of scenario? Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing to say is, you know, the, um, so for both um, adventures, we did a huge amount of preparation. So for the one with my kids, we literally spent five years preparing, thinking about you know, every different scenario, what could go wrong, and what would, would, what would we do about it? So we both trained to become ship's doctors. So we went through, it's the most advanced medical training you can do outside of becoming a doctor or a nurse. And so you know, we did all that stuff. So tons and tons of preparation. But I think probably the, the scariest time was with, um, on the family trip when uh, yeah, deep in the Pacific Ocean, we had uh, power failure, um, literally 500 miles from, from land. I mean, it's, it's one of the most remote parts in the world. Oh my God. And the, the analogy that I always liken it to, you remember the film um, Apollo 13 with um, Kevin Bacon? Yep, yep. It was a little bit like that, that you know, the astronauts are stuck in space. The only difference was that they had three astronauts who were highly trained and like 50 rocket scientists back down at Cape Canaveral, <laughs> me, my wife and three kids. And, uh, you know, we had to figure that out from first principles. Now, the thing that got us through it all was we'd done tons of work on our values. How do we behave? How do we act? How do we show up together? Same thing that transformed my business. And um, we, do, and we talked about these values every day. We had values prizes and celebrating what was right. So when uh, the shit hit the fan, mm -hmm. then basically we said, well, this is how we're going to act. We're going to live our values. So we found the humor in the situation. And, you know, we, did, we laughed, about it, laughed about it. We found, told the t kids we didn't have a working toilet anymore. And we had a bucket which basically poo into and chuck it over the side, which they thought was hilarious. <laughs> and um, so basically, yeah, we just sort of, you know, just figured our way, you know, hour by hour, just figured it out. And, um, yeah, eventually became one of our sort of proudest moments working together as a team that, you know, when, and it's, you know, a good metaphor for life, when stuff goes wrong then you know there's no point screaming and shouting well, let's just deal with it one step at a time and uh, figure it out i'm super yeah. proud that kids can see us how we responded in that situation so they've got a blueprint around what do you do when things don't go right so. i love that because i always think that you know it's it's very well, it's not even easy but it's easier and you don't learn a lot of, when, when things are going well it's, it's a lot more people can act in the right, appropriate way is when it all hits the fan that's when that's when you know you kind of see what you're made of and like you said you it's, a, it's a, a proud thing to see how your family got through that that's absolutely awesome what you just said i mean it's funny on the previous trip you know we had some situations and we had some someone someone on the boat who i thought on land had this like really big tough guy and we had a brilliant way of dealing with with mm -hmm. people 22 days into one particular passage we had a challenging situation suddenly this monster appeared it's like 
where did you come from? Mm, you know, see it when, when it stuff does go wrong, it's, it's an opportunity. I think to look at it like that, to, you know, to test yourself and, and, and get out of it. Like you say, see, test your mental to a certain extent. Don't necessarily go looking for them, but they'll come no, up. No, yeah, you don't need to, <laughs> especially if you're traveling around the world on a boat. Yeah, I think you try and avoid them as much as possible because it's, you know, it's kind yeah, of, but it's, like, it's like life. It's kind of inevitable they're going to happen. You don't need to go looking for them, you know, <laughs> in exactly. some shape or form. Um, how, well, you might have touched it there. How do you think you changed sort of pre both trips to post and as you are now what do you think is massively different about your mentality and your approach to life and then and then what was when you landed back on um back on earth or back on land what was the transition like so i know i struggled a little bit after a year traveling and that kind of lifestyle and uh, to then come back to you know what people normal life to a certain extent. Uh, tell us about the the, the changes in the mentality. So that that's that's a really interesting question. It's like yeah, I, I echo exactly what you just said and what you experienced there. Because the first time around the world, it was all about this amazing adventure, and we had ten months like the biggest seas around the world, deep in the Southern Ocean, hundred foot waves, icebergs, and all that sort of stuff. And you have this crazy intense experience, and everything I mean building up to that experience. And I remember coming back from that, three months afterwards, I found myself sitting in the bottom of my dad's garden with a bottle of whiskey at three o'clock in the morning. Because you have an amazing high, where mm. are you going to go? You're going to yeah. crash down. So the second time we went round, we always knew that this was going to lead to new, exciting things. So we didn't know what they were. We had a placeholder in our vision statement to say, you know, this is going to lead to new, exciting adventures for us. So we were already thinking forwards um, towards that. So I guess that was the, the big thing from the first one. In terms of the second one, you know, all the stuff that I needed to learn was all the things that I learned before we set sail because the skills to transform the businesses, to deal with adversity there, to create businesses that had real value and you know, the humbleness that I had to learn how to building a team were all the skill sets that we needed to go and sail around the world. So actually all the hard stuff was done before we ever set sail, but it was just developing, uh, developing those skills. And I think, you know, the key thing is once we got back, you know, we sat down and realized actually, you know, we've done something interesting, which is both thriving in a family and thriving in a business. And what we noticed was the same things you need to thrive in business are exactly what you need to thrive in your family. So caring about people, you know, really making sure that everybody's okay, building on their strengths and um, you know, making sure you're focusing on what behaviors you want to see more of rather than telling people what they're doing wrong. So all those fundamental principles. But I think, yeah, the, the real learning process was done in the preparation, getting ready for it. So. We're going to move into the alpha round now. And I want to talk about there's a quote that really resonates with you or like to live your life. I mean, we've been talking about it and it's kind of the, the vibes coming across, but is there a kind of a phrase, a statement or something that really resonates with you and your, your approach? Two phrases. Can I have two? Yes, definitely. I, I, yeah, I think I, I like combinations because then you get a more sort of rounded perspective on someone. In that case, I'm going to go for three. <laughs> I, I have three. I give three, so I, I can't really argue with this. <laughs> so the first one is family first. Always put your family first and then reverse engineer your life to meet exactly what you and your family want. Because otherwise people end up growing apart in different ways. And, you know, the model I had before was let's build a business, sell it, and then I will go and do things with family. Completely the wrong way around. Mm -hmm. 
family first is the first one. The second one, it's all about teamwork. And we always talk about we, not me. There's a wonderful um, saying that someone shared with me, um, with Margaret Meyer, the, the lady who helped transform, which is a South African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And it's that whole thing about teamwork, both in family and in business. So we, not me. And then the, the third thing is all about, you know, the brave you. We've all got our, the brave you inside of us and we can train that to be more brave so we can step consistently out of our comfort zone, embrace uncertainty because that's where amazing stuff happens. Awesome. Is there a particular book or I, I, I say it could be a couple of books that have really been impactful for you either personally at certain points in your life or one that you just think is such a good book that you, you recommend or gift it to people? My own book, obviously. <laughs> obviously, yeah. We put that in the links. That's yeah, that's a given, definitely. <laughs> no, no, joking aside, the um, it's funny. We do running this workshop. One of the um, the books that comes up consistently is uh, Psycho Cybernetics uh, mm -hmm. by Dr. Maxwell Maltz. The whole thing about the theatre of the mind, rehearsing your future, so so powerful. So um, you know, I love that book. That's really really good. Um, the Magic of Thinking Big, that's, uh, that's one that uh, resonates uh, very deeply. Mm -hmm. And also a book I read recently, um, The One Thing by Gary Keller, yeah. um, the whole power of focus in awesome books. But, you know, I, I, I read a lot and, um, you know, there's always fresh ideas. You, we've got to, right? got to keep fresh ideas coming Yes, in, so. definitely, definitely. Is there a particular resource that you use in your business, your family life, or just, just in general that you think is really useful to you, but also maybe it's not, you don't think it's widely known or used and you think it's a, a good recommendation. Is there anything that springs to mind? It could be technical, it could be basic, it's, it's up to you. So, I mean, the, the most simple thing is something that, that we do and it's coming up with the, your family vision of what do you want. It's creating a shared story um, of what you want the future to look like. And that, um, you know, it's a process that we take people through to create these and so I'm sitting here in our kitchen. I can see mine's, ours is just up here in front of us. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah. And it's just that anchor. So creating an exciting story of your future with you and your partner. Wow. That would be it. Wow. So, I mean, it, 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 it comes across quite casually, but I'm just going to try and just add a few wows on there just for emphasis. I think I interview so many people and we talk about, you know, visions and having it somewhere where you can see. Very rarely does someone mention about the family vision. And I just think about the, the power of having that because of without you, you shouldn't assume. And if you've got a very clear vision, so a lot of people do their clear vision. Um, if you haven't communicated, you know, your, your sons or your daughters may have something completely different and you're taking the family down one direction because you think it's what's best for the family and even your wife. I mean, I think that that is very powerful. And I mean, we have the map of the wall, map of, map of the world on the wall five years and the vision statement next to it. And, um, you know, whenever we got into you know, a cul-de-sac with an argument or something like that, then it's like, hang on a second, stop. Why are we doing all this? Oh, look, it's there on the wall. You know, that, um, that saying, you know, what you see is all there is. It's just that continuous reminder. Wow. And talk about a sense of excitement for five years. Wow. Just as it gets closer. I mean, I'm sure as there was anxiety at certain things like, oh, my God, it's a year away or it's a two years away. But wow. Um, when I say awaken your alpha and from your network and you've talked about Navy SEALs and, and loads of different inspiring people that you've come across in your teams, is there anyone that springs to mind that you think would be a, you know, a great interview for this show and, and really add some value? 
Um, yeah, definitely, actually. You know, the person who springs straight to mind is, do you know um, a guy called Andy Fisher? I don't think so. I might recognise the name, but I'm not, no, not massively familiar. So he runs something called the, the um, Hero Forge, and um, he's um, ex-Special um, Forces. He teaches in a school, and um, he's just really centred, really grounded, and huge heart, wanting to make a difference in the world. Wow, that's a good one. And I, I, yeah, I, I like the sound of that. I'm an ex-teacher as well, so I can appreciate that. So yes, that'd be brilliant to speak to him. If you can help connect, that'd be awesome. I will, I will connect you up. I think you two would enjoy a conversation. I know you would. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I want to talk about, I know you sort of mentioned, you just sort of again mentioned it briefly when you came back from the first trip and bottle of whiskey at 3am in the morning and different things like that. I want to talk a little bit about when you have hit certain lows mentally as I, I believe we all have at some stage I think just some people are kind of keep it secret and other people are more public what what did you do or how did you manage to come out of that when it was really like ground zero when you are feeling low I know it's it's, it's easier from to look back now but at the time when you do feel like crap or what, what are some of the things that the baby steps almost that started to bring you out of that yeah no, great, great I mean look there's two parts to this answer the one part is how I used to be. And um, you know, that my whole model of the world was you like, you, you suck stuff in, stiff up a lip and you internalize it all. And that was how I used to deal with it. And I, I'm certain that is the reason why we have so many mental health issues these yeah, days. Yeah, and, and male suicides are just like three to one in the UK for, yeah, to women. It's, yeah, for that reason, I believe. So, you know, the, the, the number one thing I would say is find someone to talk to who knows about this stuff. So, you know, someone who has some training, some experience in, uh, you know, guiding you through this. Um, there's lots of people out there who can, who can do that. Um, but it's just finding someone to have that conversation with. Because, you know, when we're in sort of, uh, we, and we all have black and dark times, right? And when you're in those times, it's really hard to see which way is up. And um, it's, yeah, finding someone who can give you that, that perspective. But um, I think, yeah, people have a lot of beliefs around this stuff that hold them back. You know, I should be able to solve, solve this myself. Um, but yeah, finding someone to go and talk to. And, you know, every time I get stuck, that's what I have to go and do. So. Awesome. And this is, is going to be a question, but I'm going to kind of stuck, check it out there uh, broadly because I, I'm really into this aspect at the moment. I, I think it might be because my book's coming out and it's kind of getting into that promotion, that getting out there phase more and more. I want to talk to you just as broadly as fear. What does that mean to you now? What has it meant to you in the past? And what, do you, what are your beliefs around fear in the world? I don't want to say too much fear. Let's just <laughs> fear. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Fear. Um, I'm trying to think what reactions that I get when I come up. The first thing that comes up for me is like, ah, oh, there's something that I can learn here. And, um, okay, why am I reacting in this way? What's really going on? That thing where you step outside a situation, you look at it and say, oh, this is interesting. Why is this happening? So, um, you know, there's that, um, you know, that, that saying that the quality of our lives is directly proportional to the amount of uncertainty that we can comfortably handle. <laughs> and you know, fear and uncertainty, there's a lot of similarities within that. So I think that, you know, it's um, stepping through that mm. and, you know, a little bit at a time. And the more we embrace some of that uncertainty, we, more, we get comfortable with it. And then we can step out a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. But I think, you know, 
the, the best advice I would give everyone is curating the people that you spend most time with because those people either lift you up or they pull you down. Mm-hmm. So whatever fears you've got, whatever it is you might be facing, surround yourself with people who can you know, help and support and carry you through whatever that is. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be interested. Yeah. I'd be interested to know as well as someone who's done the things you've done and you know, the, the, the round the world trips and taking your family there, there's sort of potentially fear for yourself and then fear for, you know, your, your loved ones with you in certain situations. What have, or what are you fearful of or what have you been fearful of in the past? And how do you think that's evolved? And as it stands today, it's funny. It's not a question I often ask myself. No, so, um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just into it at the moment. <laughs> it's a good question. So, um, you know, before, before we went away, we went through all the different fears that could have happened to us. So, you know, someone gets sick, mast falls down, whatever other crises. And the way that we dealt with that is thorough and detailed preparation. Look at all the different things that um, might um, come up and, uh, you know, how do we account for that? So, and you know, I, we did that very much in part with my wife. So we have this um, saying in our family that if it was down to me, nothing would ever get finished. If it was down to my wife, nothing would ever get started. So, you know, <laughs> what a team, there you go. <laughs> team that work together. Provided we get the husband, wife, captain, first mate relationship the right way around. Screw that, all sorts of trouble. Yeah. But um, it was that teamwork that kind of got us um, through that. So the second part of your question, what, what am I fearful of now? Honestly, I'm asking myself and nothing is coming up. And I'm not, I'm not, it's not that I'm ducking the question. Instantly, I think that's a good sign. Is it a good sign? I don't, you know, it's interesting. Is it? Well, I think yeah, that fear is good because it, like, it sharpens. No, but this is what I mean. Yeah. So generally, you know, you say about people say, oh, I'm fearless and all that stuff. And then you think, well, like, there's, yeah. I'm sure there's some things that, yeah, but yeah. It's I, wouldn't interesting. Say, I wouldn't say I was fearless. I, I no. That would be, be wrong to say that. I think, mm. you know, my, my, my mission, right, is to impact millions of people around the world to grab hold of life. I think my fear is I don't do justice and do all the, do all the good that I know that I can help other people with in the world. So it's, you know, the fear is probably, yeah, yeah. not living yeah. my potential. Would probably Again, be, I don't yeah. want to put words into your mouth. Yeah, I'm just thinking, well, I suppose this is definitely linked to then that sort of that mortality. What are your views on that? Because it's kind of linked to if you, if you don't get to impact as many people as you'd want, um, you know, as you know, life is, is precious. And, uh, in some, some cases, obviously it's, uh, taken too soon. I mean, what are your thoughts around that? It'll happen at some point. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's focusing on that whole thing. You know, what can you control versus what you can't control? Yeah. What can I control? Where do I spend my time? What do I focus on? And, um, you know, what's the difference I want to make? No. And at some point there's, there's something going to come out, the bus is going to come along and there's not much I can do about it. So well, this is, no, but this is an interesting, uh, it's because I think obviously, from talking to you briefly, it's, it seems like you really are living in your purpose, like you're doing what you should be doing, you know, and, and, and in terms of that. So it's, I think a lot of times from discussions I've had, people are more fearful if they, they're almost like, I will do that, you know, what I want to do at some point in the future. Well, like wow. you talked about yeah. that. And I think, cause that's that anxiety of, I'm not doing it now. So, no. you know, I need to be, yeah, I need more time. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, is the, uh, the, the red flag for us that we can help someone. When I hear people saying, I will do this when, and it's like, no, 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 let's grab hold of that. What's that <laughs> when? How do we make that when happen now? Because so many people are living on the deferred life plan. And, um, yeah, it's, 
everyone said to us we were crazy to go and do what we were doing with the kids. And it's like, well, you know, you only get 18 summers with your kids before they leave home. So, you know, I want to get to know my kids and go and do stuff with them, share the world with them, see the world with them. And everyone said, well, your business will be a bust, you're crazy, you're, you know, all these things. And it's like, well, okay, well, I'm going to find an answer to those because I don't like the alternative. So. <laughs> Absolutely love it. So if people want to hear more from you and everything you do, what's the best way to connect with you? Okay, so um, my website's caspercraven.com, C-A-S-P-A-R, craven.com. Facebook under the same name, LinkedIn, Twitter, all those things. So um, there's only one Casper Craven out there, so easy to find. What's next for you? What's the future hold? Any big adventures on the horizon or plans to maybe bring a, you know, come up with a big adventure? What's, what's, What's next for you? So, yeah, so every year we do an adventure. So I just come back from doing six weeks um, sailing down to San Francisco, down to Mexico. Um, we've just been um, shooting the pilot for a potential uh, TV um, thing. So uh, looking at doing that. And, um, yeah, the book just came out four months ago, an international number one bestseller in the States and the UK. So that's all flying along. So um, now it's just scaling up the, um, this whole uh, Thrive and the, the, the Brave You movement. And um, yeah, we're about to um, run um, a webinar teaching people how to build a business that um, can run without them. So it's just the whole adventure is just how can I impact as many people as possible? So it's all about creating reach and amplification of that story. There are more sailing adventures, but they're probably about two years away. They're pretty exciting. <laughs> Preparation. <laughs> awesome. Well it's, been, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. well, it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure speaking today. Thank you so much for taking the time. You're welcome. Lo- lo- lovely talking to you too. And thank you for the questions. Really appreciate it. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. This show was sponsored by Assistagram.us, personal Instagram management, growth, and branding. Please do go and check that out. I'll be updating you with how the collaboration, how the partnership goes over the coming weeks and months. If you've got any questions, please do ask me. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. <laughs>